Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. My name is Andrew Harris. Welcome to the new year, Mr. Harris. I'm Andrew Decker. This is Andrew Decker, my co-host. That was weird, man. Um, if we, we didn't start weird, we'd be starting the year on the wrong foot. That's true. It would be so odd. But we do have some Christmas gifts that we're kind of playing around with here today, right? I, yeah, a, we a got... A new year, new equipment for our show. We got new earphones so that we can do a better job with call-in uh, yeah. guests. Well, I, I know a lot of our... We're, we're trying to provide you know, better products for our listeners. Better value for the price? Right. I think so. And <laughs> and a hey, lot of times you, we're hey, interviewing... On this show, I guarantee you get what you pay for. <laughs> our longtime listeners uh, know that is for darn sure. Um, but a lot of times we have people call in and maybe the internet connection's not great. Uh, Zoom is just not cooperating or whatever the case may be. And we have some issues. It's happened to us a couple times in the past. So... Hopefully, this new way kind of addresses that issue and makes it a little bit better, um, easier to understand for our listeners. So and it may really make it easier it. for us to go mobile, like at things like Rusty Duncan. Absolutely, yes, and and that that is a that's a good point. This would absolutely help us, um, you know, schedule those and and actually record at those events, which we've done once upon a time, but it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, happy New Year, uh, Mr. Harith. Uh, oh, thanks. In in 2023, I I gained about 15 pounds. Really? Truly. I didn't it's, know that. It's not good. Don't, I, I've gained don't, and lost 15 pounds. Don't judge I'm me. I'm trying lately. I, no judgment, man. Hey, you do you. You know what I mean? Are you going to be judge and jury? I, no, what? No, just the executioner. Um, <laughs> it's try, no, I'm trying to, you it's are a segue. Active. It's a segue. What? Are you going to be judge or jury? Wait a second. What are we talking about today? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking uh, about. Yeah. We, am I going to be? Uh, that's that's funny. I that totally that went was a over good, my head. It was a good segue, and you missed it. I, I puffed it, man. That's for sure. <laughs> um, damn it. So you want well, to try again? You no, take, no, no. I, okay. No, I love that. I love the fact that I <laughs> like gave you. It's like a handoff. I truly brought you a loaf of bread and said, "Here, take it." And you dropped it and broke the eggs too. It you was know, terrible. Maybe that's uh, maybe it's you know uh, foreshadowing how the year's gonna go because we did just spend like thirty minutes going over the timeline of the show and the our itinerary and what we wanted to cover. And then I we start recording and I'm like completely oblivious as to what our topic is. Yeah. Today, if you couldn't tell from that wonderful segue from Mr. Decker, we are talking about going to a judge or a jury for punishment. You know, we can't all win every single one of our trials. So at some point in time, you know, even the best of us. Uh, has to get through a punishment hearing or, or go to a, a punishment or disposition. And, and, and shout out to one of my classmates who also listens to the show, Blake Campbell. He does uh, work in some of our smaller counties. Um, he actually reached out to me back uh, about a month ago and said, hey, have you ever done an episode on punishment? Do you choose a judge or a jury and why? Um, and I was like, man, that'd be great for the first of the year. And so you and I are running with that. Thank you, Blake yeah, Campbell, thanks, for Blake. listening to the show. It's amazing that uh, that people actually listen to us and are providing and, feedback. And think that we might have something to say on anything. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know why anybody would expect <laughs> that, honestly. Um, we, we have we do have some news though, uh, just an update for our legal community. 
in Texas. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the substantive part of the episode, got some sad news recently. You want to go ahead? Yeah. A friend of mine um, uh, I worked with, I worked for, and then I ended up actually taking his spot. By that, I mean I took his, the, the, the name. The um, office space. The office space. Yeah. But I definitely did not fill his shoes. Uh, friend Tim Evans, uh, long time, great uh, defense attorney in the state of Texas, did uh, state and federal work. Nationally um, renowned litigator. Nationally renowned. The trial college uh, in the spring is named the Tim Evans Trial College for him. Right. Um, he passed away uh, just last week, and his funeral will be just after the first of the year. Um, and you can feel it, especially in my office downtown where the the conference room is the RTE conference room. It's a very subtle uh, shout out to Tim. Uh, those are his, his initials. Mm-hmm. Um, we put that up when we moved into the new space. We wanted to remember him. Um, and obviously that is, uh, well, it's tough. He's uh, a giant, that's for sure. Yeah, a, a man who physically is not very impressive. He's, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was relatively short, uh, slim, but damn, that man was smart and could work a room a jury and make you feel like he was your best friend at the end of it. Well, he had some, he had a really crazy winning streak at one point, like 13 federal trials, something like that. Like it was, yeah, it was crazy. Like you shouldn't ever win as a defense attorney in a federal court. And he once, you know, again, I don't remember. It was six or seven or 13 or whatever. Uh, the legend is bigger than the man, obviously. (laughs) Um, he actually helped defend the branch Davidians, uh, down in San Antonio back in the day when they were charged uh, federally. Um, he was down there for months, uh, stayed with one of our former guests, Jerry Goldstein. That's when they really became friends. And uh, there was a picture in his office of him and like six other defense attorneys in front of the Alamo. They walked out of the federal building after getting out guilties, took a picture, and all left town immediately because they were truly afraid that – Every PD and federal office would be looking for them mm-hmm. for anything yeah. um, because they had just basically beaten the feds on one of the most publicized trials at that time. And and uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not attended or don't know what the TCDLA Tim Evans Trial College is, please look into it. Um, both uh, Decker and myself have gone. We're graduates. Uh, it is invaluable. Um, and don't use us as a reason not to go. <laughs> I think I think we can hold our own in a in a courtroom, though, right? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Win, lose, or draw. Like I think our clients are serve pretty damn well. Yeah. Um. But right. I mean, you. It, it is an opportunity. Uh. Well, you know. I mean, just learning from the best. I mean, Tim Evans. You know, kind of crafted this uh, trial college. Um, if yeah, I'm he was one right. of the founding, yeah. and, and he he was uh the dean one of the deans, um, uh, for years until the last about five or yeah. seven years. Um, his son is still one of the deans and attorneys from all over the state come to teach, come to learn. It is a great opportunity, but also if you don't know who Tim Evans is, uh, next time you're at a TCDLA event, pull a staff aside or pull one of the older attorneys aside, um, and ask them and they will tell you stories that don't go far beyond mine. So I I will tell you, when I was clerking in that office, one time I was trying to figure out how do you set a fee, right? How do you set a fee, Andy? It's, it, we kind of have an idea. And so I decided I'd go in and ask Tim. And I came in the office and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? He said, of course. Put down his work, 
had said, have a seat. What do you want to know? And I said, well, how do you, how do you set a fee? Truly thinking this guy's going to have some craft. And he, he stopped for a moment. He looks up and he says, well, you set the number as high as you can without laughing and without them walking out the door. <laughs> and I was like, well, crap, that helped yeah. me none. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's that's more art than science, I think, anyways. But right. That's but great advice. Yeah, as high as you can without laughing and without them walking out the door. And I was like, okay, that's... yeah. Um, I still have not managed to figure out how to set a fee, and I've been doing this overnight. We, we constantly second guess our fees, don't we? Oh, jeez! Um, if they say yes too quickly, we're like, maybe I didn't ask enough. If they yeah. say no, we're like, did I ask too much? Yep. And sometimes it has nothing to do with that, but we may we may have an episode on that as well. But but just um, you know, we just wanted to uh, stop the show for a minute just to kind of yeah. give thanks to who Tim Evans was and what he did for the state of Texas. And so one of our judges here, uh, one of the judges he- here in Parker County before he was the judge that he is now, he and I met at a luncheon and I didn't know what he was. I, he didn't know who I was, blah, blah, blah. And we're introducing ourselves and he goes, where'd you come from? Told him I was a defense attorney. I said, well, I worked with Tim Evans and Mark Daniel and I got that far into the names and he goes, stop right there. He goes, Tim Evans did more for the defense bar than anyone else I know in this state. Here's my cell phone number if you need it. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, he, 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 you name dropper you. <laughs> yeah, I was a name dropper and didn't even know it. No, um, uh, but it truly is uh, an honor to say that my name is even anywhere close to associated with his. So, um, so that that being said, um, you know, we we will try to put together a show. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, our efforts with the with this podcast will will make Tim proud. Um, just trying to trying to leave our own legacy in some way on yeah. the state. I don't know. Uh, it certainly is not in the courtrooms. So. <laughs> well, uh, all right. All right. So, so, so going back to the courtrooms, yeah, I accuse you of being my judge and my jury uh, on my, I, I completely fumbled that, that pass there. Um, y- yeah. So the question, whenever you're looking or whenever I'm looking at a trial, when I'm, I'm about to, I'm prepping for trial and all that, um, you know, I, I have to sit down with my client and have a very frank conversation. Like, look, you know, we, you may think that we are not going to lose. I still have to do my job and prepare for each e- and every outcome. And that includes trying to decide what we're going to do if we get to a punishment phase. Yeah. Even if we feel very confident. Yes. And it's something that our clients often hate hearing is I'm like, hey, I know we've got a really good shot at winning this. And I think this is how we're going to win it. But we need to prepare for if there's a punishment phase, if you're found guilty. And sometimes they'll go, do you not believe in my case? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it, I'll be found ineffective if I don't prepare for that what's called phase three, uh, often in a trial. Right. Jury phase, evidence phase, or guilt-innocence phase, and then punishment phase. Um, so, yes, you got to have that conversation. And uh, it, yeah, and when I if I can you know get past my my client being concerned about me preparing for punishment, um, and assuring them that I'm not throwing in the towel, you know the the question for them is, um, who do you want to determine your fate? And then they always ask me like, what you know, what do you what do you think? What is your um, what's your analysis of this situation based off of you know your years of experience and experience in this particular courtroom in front of this judge, et cetera? Um, and, and so to like answer Blake's question, I think there's a really simple answer, and w- it's not going to be that cut and dry. But the the simple answer is, well, it depends 
obviously, right? I mean, it depends yes. on your on your location, which court you're in, the judge, the state of your case. I mean, th- there's so many factors that goes into it that only you are going to know what to do. Right. But who gets to make that decision whether you go to a judge or a jury for punishment, Mr. That is, It is not your life. It is your client's life. It is the defendant that makes the decision. Right. And we have to give them good counsel. Right. And, and, uh, and, and we'll get into kind of the logistics of this, but even on, you know, the uh, election as to punishment, if you're going to go to a jury, um, you know, have your client sign it. It is their decision. It's, it's not your decision. Right. Yes. Um, so they've made the decision. And... What are the things that we that we obviously need to talk to our client about when making that that call? I think the first is, as you just kind of said, who's your judge? Yeah, right. You you hopefully, if you don't know how your judge kind of thinks, reach out to the bar, reach out to other attorneys who practice in the area, and say, what do you think? Because there are a few judges where your your colleagues are going to say, no, right. no, 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 yeah. Um, if it's a relatively new judge, they may go, uh, we have no idea. Somebody's got to go stick their neck out. Um, and then there are a few of them where we go, yeah, we've gotten better than the offer by just going open to the judge. Yes. Yeah. If I, whenever I've gone open to the judge, it's bit me uh, in the rear end once. Um, but most of the time I beat the state's offer. And so my clients are like, well, that was a win for us. And, and in a lot of the cases it is, right? Um, beating the offer, I, I think, is um, nothing to uh, be ashamed about. Um, you know, there are, I, I can, I, I know the judges that I practice in front of. I do go to some counties. I get hired to go to travel to some counties where I just have no clue. I've never been there before. I don't know the judge or prosecutors or whatever. Um, one of my, one of the judges I practice in front of frequently just surprised the heck out of me um just the two weeks before christmas um was having a punishment hearing on a very serious case i was a i was certain that it was going to be a prison and just kind of debating how many years in prison so was it your client was it your hearing it was not my okay i was was just just i was observing i was interested learning i was there you were learning uh, yeah, I mean, I had other matters and was like waiting on a on a break, but I kind of got invested in this, right? And so I stayed to listen and ended up uh, ended up getting probation. Uh, this this client did, so I was surprised. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have been. I, I don't know, but um, you know, so maybe you, you know, take this with a grain of salt, right? I mean, a lot of what we do, uh, you know, you're going to be second guessing it anyways. So mm-hmm. just do your best, whichever one you pick. Now, let's get into some law. Dun dun dun. <laughs> there is something that we're we this Our will law be and order. a substantive uh you know episode. It's not just gonna be us. Right. We actually want to help Blake out. Yeah. So Blake, first thing, uh well, and all of our listeners, we're looking at thirty seven oh seven of the Code of Criminal Procedure, specifically section two B. Now, whenever you get to a punishment phase, you're gonna this is I'm putting, you know, this is there will be some caveats here, but for the regular for the regular case where you're probation eligible, um, you know, you're always going to default to uh, judge assessing punishment. However, that the, you can, um, yeah, because you don't have to, you don't have to file a, an election as to punishment when you're going to the judge. I always do anyways, but it's just kind of like default. Provided, however, in two conditions. One, in any criminal action where the jury may recommend community supervision and the defendant filed his sworn motion for community supervision before the trial began. That's before Vordire. Correct. Okay. 
Um, and two, in other cases where the defendant so elects in writing before the commencement of the voir dire examination of the jury panel, the punishment shall be assessed by the same jury. So what, what this is saying is, you know, not only um, it, it, a couple of things that you want to do pr- leading up to your trial. When I go in on day one, about to start picking a jury, I always file an application for community supervision if my client is eligible. Amen. And I always file an election as to punishment. Now, it, it's not really necessary for going to the judge. I do it anyways, just kind of like a CYA. Um, it also shows my client like, hey, this guy is on top of everything. I understand right. things that need to be filed prior to trial. Right. Uh, right. So that's two very important things. Like never go into picking a jury without those two things. Yes. And those are things that I, tr- I try to have done before, like a week or two before. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like a trial call or a pre-trial setting or mm-hmm. something like that. And that's often when I put somewhere in writing a, there is no guarantee at trial. You understand this is what the offer was. You understand you want to go to trial, you know, yes, yes sign I, I, off. Right? And there is a really good form on TCDLA's member, uh, membership section. Um, it, it's the acknowledgement of plea bargain offer. Please download that. Use that as well. I mean, that, that's yeah. It could be that, or just I, I put I put it on my letterhead and just a simple you know, on this date. Do you file that? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. This this is just for my file, kind of the in the in the worst case scenario that things go bad and I get an ineffective assistance of counsel. My attorney told me I was going to be guaranteed to win and I wasn't going to get more than five years. No, that's. You, you signed off that I said these things on, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like notarized in the whole nine yards, but it really has right. to have something that says. Definitely pad your file for sure. It, it's padding the file. It, it, and and not only like, even if you have, you know, a client that you're getting along well with, right? I mean, things change, you know, there's yeah. a lot of this process. Obviously it's outside of our control. So sure. you, you really just need to be prepared in all aspects it is one of the things that you have to tell your clients very early on. There is no guarantee of an outcome. Oh, yeah. And I, I think best case scenario, we all should be operating with contracts that's included in the contract. There's no guarantee of anything. Can't promise results. Can't promise outcomes on cases or trials, etc. Um, but that that we can leave that for another for another right. day. So, but, but it's just things that kind of go into this question. So when we talk about, uh, you know, the first little prong here says in any criminal action where the jury may recommend community supervision. Gee, Andrew, doesn't that sound like another code provision? Dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> Should we call Michelle Ochoa and see? <laughs> we, we, we give thanks again to Michelle Ochoa. this info? This, well, <laughs> some of our, some of our, uh, our, and I love this because of our because of our podcast. I've actually used this just recently in a jail. You know, as the guy was telling me, "Well, is this three G?" And I said, "There hasn't been a three G offense in over ten years." Yeah. But let me tell you what the code says in forty two A point oh five four. Yep. I, right? I cannot. Every time I hear three G, I can't hear you. I, I can't not hear your voice saying like. Car 054, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. I it remember, does. you know, you know, we all need to have ways to remember. So anything that is in 42A054, those historical 3G offenses are not the judge. The judge cannot give you probation. 
Yeah, and this gets even if you would normally be probation eligible. This gets very confusing. Uh, I mean, the code is not really known for its simplicity. So when you talk about judge giving probation, jury recommending probation, etc., it, it there it is confusing. It's it, and so you need to look in the code in 42A, find your code section for your penal code offense that you're fighting. And just make sure everything lines up. And if you need to map it out, you know, obviously do that. Whatever you need to do to make sure, one, that whatever you're asking for in an open court is legal and, and you know, you're, is open to you so you don't embarrass yourself and your client. Correct. Um, but, but also, you know, maybe you need to set a record, right? Because if it's confusing to us, it's confusing to judges. Yes. There, there have, well, and there have been times where, um, in this question or similar questions, I, I and the prosecutor and another prosecutor and another defense attorney all ended up sitting down for like 15 minutes referencing and cross. This was not, this was before we went to the judge to make yeah. sure we all, at least if we disagreed, we knew why we disagreed, but we ended up coming to an agreement as to what the law said, but it took us a while. And, and these were not, none of us were newbies. Um, well, yeah, and and um, that's just like uh, Jason Niehaus, prior uh, you know prior guest on the show, talking about the Watkins case, case a couple years ago now, mm-hmm. um, has said like you know being a judge, it's not it's not a merit position, you know. So um, that's what he tries to do. He just tries to go in there being the smartest person in the room, and that's it's and easy he for is. Jason. He is yeah. right, <laughs> um, but uh, look at that forty two. 42A054, those lists. Now, some of those, even a jury can't give them probation. You cannot yes. get probation on a capital murder case. On continuous sexual abuse of a child. Right. Um, uh, you can't get, if you've if you've already committed, well, you wouldn't be probation eligible if you had already been to the pen for sexual assault of a child. But that's right. an auto like a repeat, life. A repeat, yeah, a repeat right. offender. That's, right. Yeah, it's auto life, right. Um, Punishment is weird on those guys. Have you ever had one of those? I, I have. We tried. We've tried one together, I think. But, um, um, but yeah, that. But that, that one was, wasn't ours. Wasn't auto life. Was that just the? Was that the guy that fell out? Yes. Went, okay. Um, because we I, went I to a jury. We, yeah. we went to a jury for punishment. That's right. That's right. He, got um, he had two counts of sexual assault of a child. His two stepdaughters, years apart, but they ended up trying him at the same time. Yeah. Um, because basically it, we couldn't put a defense on without the other coming in, so they tried them both at the same time. He got 45 years for each count from the jury, and then the judge stacked him. Yeah. And that's when he fell out, or at least uh, he might have. I, shit, I would have hit the floor. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, anyways, um, that, that, well, that, that's another, uh, that's another um, consideration to take into account. I mean, there's, if your judge is going to stack, it doesn't matter if he's going to go, if you go to judge or jury. Uh, you know, certainly if we would have gone to that judge, he would have gotten life. Uh, you know. Well, he got life anyway. <laughs> I, uh, yes, yes, but he would have gotten life on both, and the judge would have stacked it. Right. So you got to know whether or not a judge can give you probation or not. That may be a reason to go to a jury. Um, other reasons are, if you're trying to call some people off of the jury, you're trying to get those. Um, Ooh, now we're talking like strategy. Right. Trial strategy. Beautiful. Um, What's some, that? I know. <laughs> it means you've actually read your case and thought about it, Mr. Harris. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. It's what I do on every single one of my cases, Andrew. Okay. Um, 
that this is this it's kind of one of those considerations where you are trying to like you say cull the herd in your jury selection not not necessarily for like the what the ultimate outcome is going to be or whatever but and oftentimes like on a DWI if i think the the state's just being silly i'm going to go to a jury so we can talk punishment it, it's going to get bunked right i mean there's very rarely on a DWI where i start talking about like time in jail and probation and all that as far as like punishment goes oftentimes i'm going to bust the panel and so we're going to have to reschedule for a whole nother jury trial day and guess what the prosecution on every single one of those case- cases has come back and offered me something much much better than the original offer. yeah so i've never busted a panel um i've gotten close a few times yeah and then amazingly the uh, prosecutor only used five strikes did they know they had? They I mean, knew they had 10. Okay. But they knew that if I used 10 and they used five oh, and there was no crossover, right. there, there would only be, there would be. Just enough. There would be 12 people or 13 people, yeah. depending on what On was. a felony case, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, I think the last one I had was a DWI and they wanted something just crazy stupid high and then busted the panel. The next week we get an offer for an obstruction. Which we gladly accepted. Yeah, all day long. Yeah, so um, so sometimes yeah. you're looking at that jury selection um, because you want to put in front of the jury. Could you give probation? Yes. Um, just think about that. You of just two found years. It. Yeah. Of two exactly. years. You know, on a on a third degree felony or second degree felony, um, could you give as little as two years probate? You know, would that be okay? Yeah, and that's an you know, this is not really a jury selection episode but you're going to get objected to if you ask that question um yeah you have to really ask can you consider the full range of punishment right and sometimes you know the the i'll actually play it both ways can you consider as low as yeah uh, uh, probation and sometimes they really don't get to set the term of probation but i'll say as little as probation right all the way up to 20 years in the penitentiary yeah, yes. I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's a big, big window. Can you consider both ends? Because sometimes you'll get the person who can go, I can consider probation, but I really couldn't can ever really think about sending someone to the pen for twenty years. Yeah, you. I would hope that the prosecution's already had, uh, addressed that that high end. Um, but yeah, and I, I always, even if they have, I go back and I do it all mm-hmm. over again because I feel like I'm a much better, um, you know, jury picker than they are. Uh, but but right, I mean, you've got to, they, they have to be able to consider some circumstance in their head where they would be open to full range, minimum and maximum. Right, so that's part of the reason why I'm going to consider going to a jury for punishment yes. or at least filing that I'm going to the jury for punishment. Even even if I love the judge, right? Even if I, I would always do that, uh, you know, if I really want to just toy with this prosecutor or for whatever reason, you know, if I want to bust the panel or try to bust the panel... I'll go ahead and file that election as to jury. So I agree with you, man. I, I, I do that. That's one consideration, just kind of how I feel about my case. Right. Um, but you you kind of were starting to say something um, there, and I, I cut you off because I'm in very interruptive type mood today. Are you? How, how's that different than any other day? So you were saying that... <laughs> 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 so so you, um, you were saying... You know, even if 
even if I and I kind of interrupted you. So you you would file it, and is that set in stone? Right. So as you pointed out before we came on uh, or started recording, um, you can change your mind, um, and and I'm sure you've seen this where uh, during the uh, during the deliberation on guilt innocence. Sometimes a prosecutor will kind of come back and go, hey, you know, if, if you're found guilty, do you want to save some time and do this? And yeah. they'll give you a number. Right. Um, you know, they'll kind of realize, hey, this really is a probation case while we, you know, previously we weren't offering probation or, um, yeah, you know, you, you don't want, you're afraid something might go wrong. And sometimes it's worth it. And so you you pull the, you know, you go to the judge and say, judge, if we're found guilty, uh, we have an agreed sentence um, if the court will follow it. But yeah. you can also say, you know, this jury just found my guy guilty. And judge, we, uh, we're we okay with you assessing punishment. Right. Yeah. So um, uh, that that's how I that's how I operate as well. Um, I've never I've done the agreed. I've never done the I was found. My guy was found guilty. And I ended up going to the judge for punishment. <clears throat> where, I, I, where I was lead counsel. It's happened when I was a prosecutor. Defense attorneys would do that. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I say that I, I mean, you can, you can waive, you can waive your election. Um, but at that point, you know, you've got the jury, maybe they feel bad at bad for you. Cause you know, they want to split the baby. Right. So they, they found your guy guilty, but. Or know, maybe like you and I do, we, uh, we switch pitchers. You know, you've pitched the guilt innocence, and so you're like, "Hey, Andrew, uh, obviously my my system didn't work. Why don't you try for oh, guilt yeah. innocence or for punishment?" Um, and the first time I did that, I sat down, and you were like, "Wow, where did that come from?" Yeah, yeah, I think that was the first closing I seen of yours. Um, it, it really <laughs> and the guy still me. got a maximum two year state jail felony. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. So next point, you you can't you're you're not responsible for the facts of the case, you know. I mean, yeah, this guy had a prior stage jail felony. He was stealing copper out of an abandoned building. Yeah, like a lot of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, is insane. I mean, that was just such a. And that was the offer case. from the start was two was it a maximum was. of two years. Yeah, which is okay. So you got the maximum, which is dumb. So we're gonna go to trial, right? Anyways. And we got exactly that. But you and I both got some experience, and yeah. Man, that, that was that was that was a uh, that was a long time ago now. That was a long time ago. So, you know, I I haven't done that either as a as a uh, as a defense attorney. I don't think maybe I have. Um, and honestly, I think your judge would not really look kindly on that. I mean, maybe they would, and I'm sure the jury would appreciate it. But then they they'd kind of know that you were waiving your jury just to bust a panel. Well, I think if it was if it became obvious that you were doing it just to bust a panel and that you really had no intention of going to the judge, I think the judge would, it might be a way to piss off your judge, which you may need their favor some other time. Now, if the judge, I haven't seen this happen, but if the judge kind of said, Hey guys, are we going to agree to a punishment? If this guy's found guilty, you know, you might then go, Okay, the judge may be trying to tip a card that this is that he 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 or she already has an idea and thinks that you know the jury might be not as friendly. I don't know. 
yeah, I, uh, I, you know, things change during trial, like in the middle of it. So you're gonna have to play, uh, or really consider how your testimony came out and what your what the vibe is, you know. Yeah, what just, you don't just want. Just be vibing in trial, you know. Yeah, just like yeah, totally. What you, what you don't want is your uh, client during punishment and you're talking to the jury. Uh, you got two counts, one guilty, one not guilty. And the client says, looks at the jury while you're doing your closing arguments for punishment. Give me two, give me ten. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm a convict now. Speaking from experience? Yes. Wow. And, and I just stood there, never turned, never looked, just completely looked at the jury, continued. She outburst again, and I turned to the bailiff, and I said, get her out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished the trial with my client in the holdover, um, and they gave her three and a half years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Look wasn't bad. Uh, well, you know, like, honestly, if if someone was in that much distress as a juror, and, and I'm, not, I'm not very, you know, punishment-oriented type guy anyways, but... As a juror, I'd, I think I'd feel like really sad for that person that their life is now in this position. You yeah. Know, like they, of their own doing. I mean, it's not my responsibility, but I would think that'd be a rather sad oh, it was, thing to hear. Yeah. The, the, the bail, like it gave me a lot of street cred with the bailiff, with the judge, with, um, you know, the prosecutor, right? A lot of people were like, dude, you handled a really difficult client really, really well. Yeah. I think um, I know which case you're talking about too. This is, um, and, and you can't escape that. I mean, we are, we're not, not every single one of us is going to have those problem clients. They know more than us. They're never going to listen to anything that we have to say or any advice that we have. Cause I imagine you told her like, what, you know, act like you've been here before, not literally, but no matter the outcome, we are right. professional. We are stoic. Yeah. You know, we are accepting of it, respectful of the process. Um, I mean, cause I've, you and I have both had clients. We've had that talk with them, and they just don't care. Yeah, sometimes feel like they feel like they have nothing to lose at that point. Right. But again, you you make that decision. You end up arguing to a jury. You hope it goes well. Um, but you never know. You never really know at the end of the day what uh, what's going to be right, what's going to be wrong. You have to look at. Is, is there a chance that my jury could give my client probation? Are they probation eligible where the judge couldn't? That is going to be a big, big piece. Um, is the offer only jail time and your client is probation eligible? You bet I'm going to the jury. Absolutely. Yes. Right? That, because yes. I, I, I do not want a, a prosecutor going judge at the end of a trial. Yes. We want seven. Yep. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, it has to be, there, there's very few judges that I would actually go to the judge on. Um, and at judges that I know and practice regularly in front of, most of them I would not. I, I, I just wouldn't trust it. And it's because I think I can put together a pretty good emotional punishment hearing with, with mitigation evidence that may be convincing to maybe not all the jurors but some of the jurors and enough to sway that number down whereas our jur our judges for the most part not oh. going to be swayed by the emotional stuff right they're going to start hearing wah 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 yes. wah wah yep. wah wah right yep. and P look uh, you know moms moms love to testify at, at punishment hearings nobody it is not no judge cares what the mom exactly. says exactly it is not it, it is not uh, persuasive to a judge at all and i don't even know that mom's going to be real persuasive to a jury 
it's better than not having uh, oh, anybody sure. testify right Definitely. on their behalf. I mean, and, and it doesn't have to be like, he's my son. I love him. It's like, tell me about his upbringing, you know, mm-hmm. and you could really, you know, depending on what is he, what has he been doing for yes. you for the last three years right. while or, this case has been pending? Or what did you do to him as a child? You know, why is he like, I mean, yeah, you know, and, and if you can prep your witnesses then you know they so they're not surprised or pissed off then you know it could be quite effective it can be yes, yes. um so yeah. judge or jury it, it's it's there is some science to it look at the code 3707 look at 42a.054 um, i just want to look at the entire 42a as well while you're at it mm-hmm. um <laughs> always uh and then look at what you think what you think a jury really might if you're looking at your client's info and the case and you go yeah it's a 2 to 20 case and there's no jury that I can believe would give him probation yeah there's a good chance they're going to give him 15 to 20 so yes. you you have to be able to kind of know what juries will do and what they won't do and, and you know I I think there's I think there's a handful of judges who even if a jury would not probate a case I think there's plenty of judges who would um you know maybe on like a child pornography type case or something like that uh, where a jury's just going to be so you know maybe shocked but judges who see this quite often and kind of know So you're saying our judges look at child pornography? <coughs> um what am I trying to say? Are where, you saying that where judges, am I? judges uh, hear cases involving yeah, yeah, child yeah. pornography? So they yes. see... Sorry, they see I couldn't cases. help it. It was too easy. Hey, man, you know, maybe... <laughs> I mean, I guess if they're looking at punishment evidence, maybe they've seen this stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that is one of those cases where I, I think a judge would be more uh, inclined to give probation than a jury would. Um you know, I've, I've got a case I'm prepping now uh, that is going to go to trial. Um, it's a, it is a sex assault case. He's got a juvenile adjudication, so that's going to be able to come in. Um, he's got, and, and the adjudication was, was placement outside the home, so no question it's going to be able to come in. Certainly 3837 will allow it to come in. He's got another case where he was tried and acquitted, but 3837 doesn't say anything about uh, whether or not it's acquitted or anything like that. It can be used if a jury, if this jury can find beyond a reasonable doubt. Anyways, getting kind of off topic here. But wow. that, we're going to talk about that, that in a different episode. We did kind of talk about it in, a, what, four years ago in our 3837 episode. But, yeah, the code is the, that code section is absent on if a prior fact finder has, you know, adjudicated or not. Um, that that prior allegation. I mean, it, it's it's confusing. We'll do it. We'll do a refresher on it. But yeah, thirty eight thirty seven is not a defender's friend. Um, but all that's going to go in, in my consideration in recommending my client take go to the judge or jury for punishment. Uh, now, of course, this is a sexual assault case. He's not. He wouldn't. He could be eligible for probation. He's not going to be eligible for probation for other reasons. So, um, you know, it may be all for naught. But. Um, you know, we're, we're going to file our election for, for punishment to a jury on that one anyways. If my client disagrees with my, with my advice. Was I rambling? I feel like that's what you were doing all lunch. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, what else? Well, I think I I think that's pretty much the big pieces of when I what I consider, and then obviously, again, it's your it's your client's decision. On this, I've yet to have a client go. I have a strong opinion. They always go, I don't know, Mister Decker. What do you think? Yeah. Um. Uh, I've had them had strong opinions on whether to take a deal, and whether to take the stand, but on this. I don't think they have a clue. Right. Um, and so the, I've had them always defer to what I what I suggested. Yeah. And I explained my reason. Um, look at the code. File it. Um, use it. Right. Use it to your benefit if you can. Um, you know, the, the listservs are just chock full of people who have experience in the case that you're fighting in front of your particular judge. Reach out to somebody in your area. Maybe... Maybe you're not local to the jurisdiction. Reach out and find a local attorney who's experienced who can kind of tell you this is what you want to do. Um, you know, we can't stress enough how helpful TCDLA's listserv is in uh, moments like this. Mm-hmm. Constantly seeing questions like this on our local listserv as well as the statewide listserv. So, um, so yeah. So that, that I think, is just invaluable. And, and it's just going to be something that once you make a decision, just roll with it, fully prep for that scenario because – you know, something else is going to happen during trial and you're just going to be glad that you've already made that decision. Yeah. So I think we've covered this topic, Mr. Harris. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, I'm glad we found some, some, some code sections, uh, on it. Um, just because it's, it is one of those where you're like shrug your shoulders. Like, I don't know, man, you know, your choice. You just pick one, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's not quite that simple. It's not, there, there is a process, but as always, y'all, if you have any questions, uh, any concerns, um, any complaints about Mr. Decker and his attitude towards me, please reach out to us. Where can you find us, Andrew? You can find us. <laughs> uh, you can find us on the web uh, at texascrimdefense.com. You can find us at Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense on the Facebook. That's how Blake reached out to us. Uh, was Fantastic. on our Facebook message. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. Uh, can you now? You can, and there are people that follow us on Twitter. We've actually gotten several good leads um, for shows, but because of the holidays, we really didn't were able to reach out to them. Um, yeah, I, I really hope in the new year we get a lot more guests interviewed, and and I think we've figured out this new equipment to where that's just going to be. It could be. It could be so glorious. Easy. Could be glorious. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, any any, I don't really have a New Year's resolution, Andy. Do you? I am. Uh, I, I do have some for my business. You know, business wise, I really want to. I found more often when I get backlogged, um, or my business has a backlog, I'm the reason for it. Right, I'm the bottleneck. Uh, well, it is your business, and you are a sole proprietor. I do have, you know, an office manager. I've got some virtual assistants that help me as well, but I'm the reason, right? It's I can't blame anybody else. So I really want to be looking at addressing those backlogs and trying to find a workaround so I can avoid them in the future. So just some business, you know, business process um, changes that I'd like to make that I'm pretty excited about. We'll see. All right. Yeah, what about you? Any uh, personal business New Year's resolutions you'd like to put out there? I have no resolutions. You're going to have a pretty busy first of the year, though. Yeah, I am. Um, so, you know, maybe you'll think of some. Maybe we can come back to it on the 15th. Okay. 
<laughs> for Andrew Decker, I'm Andrew Harris. And for Andrew Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. Y'all be good. Y'all be good. Y'all be good.